Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Bites, our thought leader series where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the conversion TV space. I'm your host, Michael Beach. Uh, hello, and welcome to another edition of Screen Bites. Uh, this week, we're excited to have Jordan Rost uh, join us. Uh, Jordan is the head of ad marketing at Roku. Uh, prior to Roku, Jordan has got 10 plus years of experience in the conversion TV space with stints at Google and, and Nielsen, just to name a few. Welcome, Jordan. Hello, great to be here. Well, we'll start off with our kind of uh, normal icebreaker. You know, what was your first job and kind of what did you take away from that as you built your career? Yeah, my first job in advertising, I was actually a, uh, a fledgling art director. I thought I'd try my hand at being a creative. Uh, I learned a few things. One, I wasn't very good at being an art director. Uh, my copywriter actually did a lot of my work for me, which made me realize that was probably not a long pursuit I should <laughs> endeavor. Um, and two, I loved what went into campaigns, what you know, kind of drove the big idea, and I loved the data we got out of the campaigns to know what worked, why did it work. And so I've spent pretty much the time since trying to pursue some of those thoughts. How do you apply data to big ideas and put better communications in front of audiences? And uh, I'm probably a, a, an odd nerd that I actually genuinely love advertising and uh, all the science that goes into it. I'm sure if you're an ad nerd, you can be at worse places than Roku. Uh, it's worked well. We have a lot of data. We've we've uh, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Uh, it's a great place to learn and obviously see a lot of uh, of really big change happening. Absolutely. And kind of going back to the experience we talked about earlier, um, you know, how'd you get your start in the conversion TV space? I feel like TV has been converging for <laughs> decades now. Uh, when I was at Google 10, 15 years ago. Hard to remember, but Google was in the TV advertising business. We had Google TV advertising. Um, really, you know, data has been trying to work its way into the television space for as long as there's been television. And so I think what's been really exciting over the last few years is it's actually happening in meaningful scale and in meaningful ways that brands can actually take advantage of it. So um, really, my entirety of my career has been thinking about how could data apply to the largest screen in the house really bring the worlds of digital and programmatic together with the, the TV space that brands have loved playing in. Excellent. Kind of before we jump in deeper into the conversation, would you kind of my walk in our community, kind of where Roku sits kind of exactly in the conversion TV space? Sure. So uh, most people you know, from our user base, so the 43 million households that, that have a Roku in their home, um, know us as the way that they get television. You know, we've got many cord cutters who are, who are using Roku to find great free television, uh, much of it ad supported. So, uh, you know, we, we, we love the connection we have with all of our end users. By being a part of their TV viewing experience, you know, we get to also then provide great content distributed through the Roku platform um, from all of our great publishers and partners. And then because of that, we get to, to work with brands and help them get advertising in front of some of those users. And so um, we've built this, you know, kind of ecosystem of, um, you know, really great consumer connection, really deep publisher partnerships that advertisers can use to, to reach their audiences. And then more recently, we've worked on building technologies and tools um, to help advertisers really manage a lot of the advertising and the, the messaging that they, they operate both within that Roku ecosystem that I just mentioned along with the rest of their digital advertising ecosystem. And that's culminated with the release of the OneView ad platform uh, and, and many other things that we've tried to put into advertisers' hands to help them make use of the entire streaming ecosystem. Yeah, I definitely want to dig deeper into the OneView platform here a little bit. That's a you know, huge investment. Obviously, as a 
on the kind of advertiser side, uh, you know, probably something that, uh, you know, a lot of our community will be interested in. But kind of before we get there, you know, we're, we're talking late October. Uh, I think you, you do earnings in early November. So mm-hmm. obviously you're not ready to release any user statistics yet. But then you've got 43 million accounts. Sure. What, you know, what else can you tell us about your user base? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, that 43 million is really as of our, our Q2 look. And so one of the things that we've seen is, you know, prior to the, this year, streaming had already gone mainstream. Um, what we've seen this year is a, a really dramatic acceleration of that. So that 43 million really represents um, the fact that, you know, we are really touching a, a, a massive amount of the, the, the U.S. And, and global population. By our latest numbers, 85% of Americans are streaming. And so what people probably thought of is, you know, I mentioned 10, 15 years ago, a really niche audience um, really has become mainstream. And I think, you know, this year we've seen an acceleration of that. We've seen it become even more mainstream. More people are spending more of their time. The most staggering stat that I've seen this year is that more than half of TV time amongst adults is now spent streaming for the first time. And so what was a channel of incremental reach for advertisers and thinking about how do I layer on additional opportunity above and beyond a linear traditional television plan really, I think, has become much more central to the future of television, the future of reaching audiences as we go forward. Yeah, I know the, you know, the user base obviously is growing uh, rapidly. But what have you seen in the last six months, really, mm-hmm. since the pandemic in terms of, of uh, time spent and, and kind of where are we going with that? Sure. So obviously, there was a, a massive surge in, uh, in streaming related to, to when we were all uh, at home. That has largely sustained. So the, the, the pandemic has forced people to think about saving money and cord cutting has been a beneficiary of that, I would say. Uh, more people are you know, cord cutting and, and, we, and we've seen that in the, the volume of activity that we've seen on, on Roku. And so uh, the value that, that shoppers look for uh, when, when cutting the cord um, is something that they really enjoy still seeing within the streaming environment. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I think, shift to, to ad-supported viewership. Uh, on the platform, and we expect that to continue to grow. What's been really interesting also is when people cut the cord, they still want access to live news, live sports. Thankfully, we still have live sports amongst us, and streaming's providing that as well. Uh, One of the things that we saw even early on this year, back in Q1, is really rapid adoption of live streaming um, for us in the Roku channel. Um, So people really want that free, really cord-cutter-friendly channel that still provides free unfiltered access to live uh, programming. And so the thought of streaming as this environment that really is about on-demand uh, uh, programming only is really changing pretty rapidly. And so those cord cutters really want the ease, the value, the access that they've always gotten from TV. They want the convenience that streaming provides layered on top of that. Yeah, even a personal note, I think you know, we just had a, a presidential debate and, uh, you know, top of the, you know, UI uh, kind of remind me I can watch it on Roku. I got the email uh, at some point in the last week and then I got an app notification, you know, right before the debate started. And I think that's, you start to think about live events and how you can kind of change behavior. Whereas before I would just naturally thought, well, I got to turn on the TV and figure out the news channel. And you actually brought the the live content directly, Mm -hmm. directly to me. I think it's a, a big feature there in both news and sports. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll continue to see a blurring of the boundary between linear and traditional television and the streaming environment. It's really around, you know, as I said, 
cord cutters ultimately want access to the content that they want. And so uh, for us as Roku, it's really on us to, you know, make that content accessible. Increasingly more and more of that content is ad supported so that for that end user, it's free. And so there's a really great value exchange that, that emerges between brands, publishers, the end consumer, and ultimately everybody has a better experience at the end of the day. Great. And it's a good part of our community is on the retail side, both brand and agency. Uh, as we kind of prepare for the holidays, you know, what should people be looking for? You know, different planning? Are we going to see changes in consumption? You know, what, what should a, a you know, brand do differently this year? Sure. Yeah, we were actually curious to, to dig into this ourselves. We actually just released a holiday shopping study, really looking at understanding the streamers' behavior and how they were going to obviously both continue to watch television, but how, would, how might that impact how they might shop this year? And we found a couple of interesting things. One is that, no surprise, as I said, you know, streamers really are spending more and more of their time streaming versus watching linear television, and that, that really reflects the overall um, you know, shift in viewership to streaming. Um, but some of that behavior is also coloring how they, they're looking to shop. So what we found is uh, streamers are far more likely to shop online than in store and compared to the non-streamer. They're also far more likely to shop earlier in the season as well as later in the season, which I think is a reflection of that choice, the control people are used to being able to have at, the, at, at their fingertips the type of content that they want to view on demand or live. And they expect more and more of that same experience from their shopping. Uh, and I think that's what we've also seen is that translates not just to the biggest screen in the living room, but their mobile device as well. And so some of their shopping uh, influencers, you know, is things like an easy mobile checkout experience. They expect that frictionless experience, not just on the one screen that's in front of them, but really all the screens in their life. So I think the key to winning this, this season is, probably not different from past holiday seasons, but it's been acceleration. Um, you know, being where consumers are, being frictionless across screens and making it really easy for shoppers to find product, get product to the shopper. I mean, more than ever this year, people enjoy the experience of products coming to their homes more than them having to go to stores. And nowhere is that more true than with streamers. Great, and kind of shifting now to the advertising side a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of one high level question we'd like to ask, um, you know, do you still see siloed video teams uh, on the kind of planning side? And if so, what's your best entry point for Roku's product? There's no one model, uh, which I think for some uh, maybe can be confusing and challenging. I know a lot of businesses grapple with this. Do we in-house aspects of it? Do we work with an agency? Is that agency dividing between, you know, online video versus traditional video investment? And, I, what I would recommend is it, it, it really matter, you know, I think a lot of the decision making as to who governs some of these um, campaigns and who's running everything is um, it really comes down to the brand objectives and the brand goals and also your entry points. So, um, you know, for many uh, who are steeped in traditional linear television buying, they view streaming as an incremental layer on top of the plans that they're already executing and that absolutely can work. For others who have been really active in the online video space, come from a programmatic background, OTT and streaming is really the only way to bring the pedigree that they have and apply it to the largest screen in the house where they can drive a lot of the same reach and frequency optimization. They can measure true performance outcomes, um, but simply apply that to the television screen, which is, is really exciting. There's no one right path. 
Uh, I do think, you know, having an eye towards what the other side of the house might be doing or thinking about if I'm a traditional TV buyer or planner, what would it mean if I actually could in real time optimize my campaigns against an actual business outcome is pretty transformative. And the same is true from a traditional, di- a traditional digital perspective. How do I think about massive reach and really getting in front of the audience that I want to reach wherever they are? Um, thinking about applying the different methodologies that each of the other side might bring to bear and incorporating that in a way that helps achieve your brand's objective is really key. And for Roku, you know, we play across the entire ecosystem. We have very deep relationships with the largest of agencies and the smallest of most nimble D2C brands. And I think that really reflects the diversity of outcomes that streaming and OTT can provide. Yeah, definitely. And a topic you brought up earlier, uh, you know, the purchase of DataZoo, uh, it was a big step as you kind of continue to build out the OneView platform. Uh, kind of what is your overall vision for that product? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a few things. One, you know, we, like most other advertisers, think the future of advertising is in automation, it's in measurement, it's in the free data flow in and out of systems so that buyers and planners can um, buy more effectively, plan and optimize in real time, and then measure outcomes. And so data is really key. Uh, What's unique to the streaming environment is, uh, you know, every every week there's a new service in which you know more and more advertising is really key to that service services effectiveness. Um, you know, from the Roku channel to to Peacock, many other publishers are really actively betting on advertising being the future of how they participate in the streaming ecosystem. From an advertiser's perspective, managing your campaigns across those ecosystems can be challenging where you've got ads bumping into one another, you don't have a full view of the entirety of your campaign reach and frequency. Am I being intrusive to, to consumers or am I actually helping their viewing experience? And one view is, is, is really our attempt to connect the dots across all those, really be one place where advertisers can manage not even just all of their Roku activity or all their streaming activity, but the entirety of their entire digital plan all in one place so that you have a holistic understanding of who am I reaching? Um, you know, am I putting one ad in front of 30 people or the same ad 30 times in front of one person um, and really manage that over time so that you have a full view of, you know, what your campaign is doing, how that's changing over time and really give, give control back to advertisers who want to really pull those levers for themselves. And the same would be true of agencies who are really leaning in as well. That's great. All right, looking all the way back to your time at Google, kind of what's the the single biggest change that you've seen in the video ad marketplace? Uh, I think, you know, thinking back to my time at Google, we talked a lot about, oh, this is the year of mobile. Uh, And I remember we were constantly looking at the ticker to see when the 50% mark would occur on mobile. More searches happening on mobile than on desktop. Um, And I feel like we're seeing a similar dynamic emerge here within the TV space. And we now have crossed that threshold where more people are spending time streaming versus watching on traditional TV. I think one of the lessons I've learned throughout all of that is things move really slowly and slowly, and then they move really rapidly. And the challenge for advertisers and marketers like myself is how do you put the seeds in play and plant those seeds early enough where you understand the dynamics and shifts before that acceleration really occurs. 
And um, I'm a cycling fan. There's this concept when you're going down the road and you hit a crosswind, it really separates the gap between the riders that are in front and the riders in the back, which is almost more challenging than a headwind that is coming at you. And certainly there's a lot about this year that was a headwind, um, but there's a lot about this year that has been a crosswind where it sort of separated those that were ready for this shift to streaming and are ready for the shift to e-commerce in the retail space. Um, and so I think it's important to really place your bets early, understand shifts early. Um, and by the time it becomes really meaningful, it may be too late. So the hardest part is just betting on something that feels nascent. Um, but I think we've certainly seen within streaming, what may feel nascent can become mainstream seemingly overnight. We've seen that happen prior to this year, but it's definitely proven out in this environment. Yeah, it's funny you bring up mobile. Uh, you know, last year, kind of before this huge shift to streaming, you know, some of the younger members of our team were kind of getting frustrated that they didn't think that streaming was getting the attention that it, it deserved based off viewership. And I'd often use the five years of mobile mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, this is the year of mobile, this is the year of mobile. It seemed like from 2010 right. to about 2015, and then boom, it, it happened yep. uh, yeah. overnight. It happened overnight over the course of five years. So I think that's the idea is how do you really certainly take a long view? I think it it does require experimentation, uh, an aptitude for test and learn, um, but being true to understanding the pretty systemic shifts that are very clearly happening. You know, younger consumers are more likely to be cord cutters. More and more increasingly, we see linear TV audiences skewing older. So there are pretty obvious shifts. I think the question is, as an advertiser, you know, it's one thing I think, you know, rest on what's worked. It's also, I think, really important to experiment and understand new methods of buying, uh, new methods of measuring an audience, new methods of understanding performance and optimization based on that. Great. And then kind of looking ahead, what's the, the one development you're most excited about in the convergent TV space? We've talked about one view. I'm incredibly excited about, you know, what that true convergence of programmatic buying and programmatic technology means for the TV ecosystem. Uh, I'm excited that there's lots of other players <laughs> who are kind of coming to the same conclusion as well. We're really excited about taking what's always been really impactful about Roku advertising, and it comes back to that direct connection that we have with consumers. So the, the you know, as of Q2, the 43 million households, you know, as part of that exchange, um, we truly understand who those streamers are, what they're looking for, both on the TV screen, but you know, with, with one view, we can now reflect that across all the screens in their life. And so from an advertiser's perspective, uh, you know, OTT and streaming is not a standalone channel that I can play off of linear or play off of programmatic. It really becomes an integral part of the entire media mix with something like one view. And so, the more that we get that into buyers and, and brands' hands, the more that we see their eyes open up and say, oh, wow, I can truly bring all this together and really maximize the incrementality, the measurability, uh, the targeting that streaming provides, and then incorporate that into the context of both a linear plan and a programmatic plan as well. It really does feel like that convergence is finally coming to fruition. So. All right, we'll get you out here on, on uh, one more question here. Kind of the current environment, if you could get your entire team to read one book, what would that book be? It's funny. I, I, I'm not a big fan of rereading books, um, but I actually just recently went back to one of the books I first read when I got into advertising, and that's Ogilvy on Advertising, which I think is something like 60 years old at this point. I was kind of curious recently, does it hold up? 
<laughs> is what marketers and advertisers thinking about in the 60s still relevant today? And it was actually really instructive to say, you know, clarity of understanding your audience, clarity of the message that you put back in front of that audience, probably more important now and possibly more challenging now than ever, you know, certainly back in the 60s. And so um, I took a chance to go back to something I read many years ago early in my career, but it wound up being a fruitful read and one that was pretty prescient at the time. Excellent. Well, Jordan, I appreciate your time and, and uh, I'm sure our community is going to love this content. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Bites. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. You can find out more about CrossGreen Media at crossgreenmedia.com. And please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Stay to the Screens. You can find us on social media at CrossGreen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.